0: Guys, welcome to another post game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023 24 season. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you follow us on social media Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper. This channel hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video. All things NBA, LA Sports, and LA basketball and tonight we got a good win to talk about here by the way i see everybody on twitter please do me a favor and go to the link right under the tweet you're watching i will be deleting the tweet right now because i'm trying to make my money on youtube i need you to come to youtube i want 10,000 subscribers bad so please make your way over to the youtube i'm deleting the tweet thank you all right it's that time it is that time the Clippers playing against the Utah Trash tonight. No Lowry marketing. So you knew it was going to be an easier matchup than the last time we faced these guys in that second game of the season in which we lost. That one win we lost before the uh, James Harden trade. Now, no marketing is relevant. But also, the Clippers are playing good basketball right now. Heading into this game, 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. All of those being with Russell Westbrook on the bench. And then 7-8 and eight overall. With James Harden but now 500 with James Harden 11 and 10 record above high 500 for the first time since three and two on the year and eight and three with this new starting lineup and in my opinion you know first before we get started I mean it's always a good feeling to beat the trash isn't it everybody knows who my least favorite team is it's either them or the teddies and if you look down at the basement of the western conference standings right now you see both of them it's it's a it's a it's really a joy. It's really a special thing when the teddy bears in the trash are hand in hand together in the standings. And let me tell you, let me tell you something. Utah. Ah, I love this. It was our first time beating them in Utah since twenty seventeen, which is insane. We haven't beaten them in the two one three era in Utah except the. Uh, of course, game five of the 2021 second round where PG put on a master class. And he wouldn't have a master class in this game, but he would still play really well. But the two guys, in my opinion, that deserve the game ball. Avicii Zushak. We got Zushak again tonight for the first time this season. And then we've got Kawhi Lennett. Everyone's been saying it in Clipperland, it's only a matter of time before Kawhi starts rounding into that all-NBA guy, that top 10 player in the league, that best player on our team. And it's slowly starting to come to fruition. And you know what the only reason why I was getting a little bit worried is because he just hasn't played this much basketball since he's been a Clipper. Straight up. He hasn't played this much basketball since 2017. 21 straight games without interruption for both two, one, three. And I'm still knocking. I'm still knocking because it's working right now. And I love what I'm seeing. And what's impressing me more is you knew that making this trade, depleting our front court depth a little bit, it was going to ask more of them defensively, Kawhi and Paul. And they've stood up to the task and taken it and ran with it. And we have one of the best defenses in the league right now and rated number one in the last 10 games or either number one or number two. But it's trending in the right direction, let's put it that way. And if you really look at our rotation, I just tweeted this a couple minutes ago, we only, without Mason Plumley, we only have two below-average defenders in the lineup, and that's Norman Powell and James Harden. Kobe Brown, he's still going through his growing pains, but he had a good game in this one. But James Harden and Norm, they're still trying defensively, so that's all that matters. you got everybody giving their best, and it seems like the defensive chemistry is very good. You know, we really only put James Harden in the lineup. Everybody else, they've been playing with each other for, you know, at least a year now. So the defensive chemistry is good. And Harden being a guy that's, you know, we're going to still switch a lot with James Harden because he's not going to get bullied. It's more of the face-up players that he struggles to guard. So in that sense, we force teams to play isolation. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have really stepped up defensively. But you know who's just really been the guy? Zubats. And this game started with him. He's been awesome the last 10 games or so. But this was maybe his best game of the season for me. I always say it's all about Zubats' body language. You can tell what kind of game you're going to get from him very early. And in this one, he started out with... A left-handed jump hook over Walker Kessler, who's one of the best rim protectors in basketball. And then a little James harden Zubots pick pick-and-roll action. James had one of his many nice pocket passes tonight. Zubots with a quicker process in that four-on-three situation, kicked it out to Kawhi Leonard for his first of many three-pointers. And from then on, it was just Zubats all over the place, blocking shots, contesting shots, bailing guys out of bad defensive possessions or bad on-ball defense. There were so many times that whether it be Terrence or Paul George, more often than not, if anybody got beat, it would usually harden. And Zubats came and bailed him out with great rim protection. He was rebounding. He was finishing around the basket. He was going up strong, put back dunks, deflections, whatever you wanted Ivica Zubats did that and some guys some fans owe him a big apology Hallmark's doing a sale right now ladies and gentlemen he's taking written or electronic but Ivica Zubats has never been the problem with his team he wasn't the problem with his team is he flawless absolutely not if you think that we need a stretch big well blame the front office for having two bigs that don't really shoot outside the key but Ivica Zubac for what he does on the basketball court is a very solid two-way player That is, I think, not fully peaked yet. He's still like 27 years old. And he's playing really good basketball of late. And I'm going to be real. People don't like him because he's a slower, white, European center that's not necessarily. He's 26, by the way. Super athletic or nimble on his feet. He doesn't play like the modern American bigs that are like with guard skills. He's more of a traditional guy. And he gets the and he it looks bad when he has his bad games. I will admit his lows are really low, but Zoo, he's been one of our more consistent players for a couple of seasons. He's our longest tenured Clipper. Give him a break. And I'm not talking about the rust stand that were asking for a rim running big and Daniel Gafford. That's them looking at Westbrook solely. That's not those aren't Clipper fans. I don't acknowledge those people. So Zubats amazing. How about Kawhi? He had a really nice shot diet tonight, but it was one of those nights where you could just tell it was going for him. Remember, it was against the trash that he tore his ACL. It was against the trash that he sprained his ankle early last season. I think he had a little extra juice tonight. He was hitting everything. Contested mid-range, contested threes, not dribbling too much on those shots. Because I always say when Kawhi has to over-dribble to get a shot, to create space, it usually seems like he misses. He was on it in this game and defensively. You know, he has to guard better players now that we traded for Harden. You saw him guarding a little bit of Clarkson, a little bit of Sexton. Paul George did the same thing. And I had not one moment tonight where I said bad defense by Kawhi or come on Kawhi defensively. His on-ball defense was good. His rotations and help were good. He was just... I mean, you can't ask for a better two-way performance than this one from number two. It is, this is what I envisioned on July 5th, 2019 when we brought this guy to Los Angeles. I mean... Tough shot making, demoralizing, that running one-handed floater he's starting to hit going to his right. He pulled out all the stops tonight. I mean, all-world performance. People better be taking note. Pun intended, bitch. Utah. Suckers. Hope you stay in the gutter for the rest of existence. Not even the best professional basketball team in Utah sports history. That would be the Utah Stars who moved from Los Angeles and were coached by who? Bill Sharman, ladies and gentlemen, USC's finest. Utah. <laughs> well, well, well. James Harden, I thought he started out pretty well in terms of playmaking. Uh, defense was pretty decent as well. I thought Terrence Mann had one of his better games in a while. Everyone knows that the three ball has been a struggle for him so far this season. But he was shooting a little bit more of them in this game. Two for five from three. One of them was from the corner. One was from the left wing at the end of the second quarter. And then a couple of baskets. You know, easy baskets on the break, on a cut. And a lot of good moments of on-ball defense from terrence man one-on-one staying in front chasing at the point of attack there was one possession it actually ended up being a made basket by i believe Keontae george on a like a one it was a floater from like 18 feet away against paul george to beat the shot clock but jordan clarkson came off the screen jo- uh, terrence was trailing and jc went for the pump fake and terrence stayed down and i literally was getting out of my couch excited for it i mean t he is. That's another thing, right? I talk about Zubats. I talk about 2 1 3. We only have one bad defender in that starting lineup, and he's not been bad necessarily since being a Clipper defensively because we know. I've always said this, even, even though I hate James Harden's game, the defensive stuff is a little overblown. He's not a good defender. He can be. He's not. He's not. I don't even. I think he's a little below average, but he can be decent when he's engaged, when he's trying, and when teams aren't really going at him. Which the Jazz didn't do till the third quarter, then he's fine. Because offensively, you know, you how much he brings, and he's got good hands, and he can't really be bullied. You need to find quicker players than him to beat him on the off the bounce. But where was I at? Terrence, man, yeah, the way he adds to our defense. I mean, like there was yeah, the way he adds to our defense is just awesome. Plus seventeen for Terrence tonight. He had 10 points, 4 rebounds, and assist, a steal, and a block on 4-for-9 shooting, 2-for-5 from 3. He missed his only two free throws, but it's nice to see Terrence in double figures. He played 30 minutes, and I'm happy to see that. 2-for-5 from 3, that'll increase the percentage a bit. Hopefully give him some positive momentum and confidence going into the next game. Because watch out, if Terrence starts hitting his 3, our offensive numbers are going to jump, jump, jump. Because we're going to get a ton of open looks, having Harden, Kawhi, and Paul out there. You know how it goes. Now, you know the substitution pattern. Harden's now coming out around the 6-minute mark of the first quarter for Russ. We also saw Kobe Brown, Norman Powell come in. No Daniel Tice in this game. He was out with a non-COVID related illness. So I was a little bit um you know not actually I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried, but we went small with Kobe Brown at the 5 initially, switch everything kind of beat Nothing too bad was happening. Russell Westbrook comes in, and I thought he gave us, by the way, only two stints in the game for Russ. A big stint in the first half, and he ended the half on the bench. Same thing in the second half. But I thought he was really solid in those stints. He had a couple of mistakes towards the end of that first stint where he had a no-pass possession. I I wonder what the points per possession is on Russell Westbrook no-pass possessions. They always end in something shitty. He's got to just cut that out. He tried to post up for like 10 seconds, lost the ball. But overall, some really great hustle plays from Russ. Had a couple of times where I thought he's not even sitting down in a stance. He's not trailing the screen well enough. And he comes out of nowhere and makes up the ground with his nuclear athleticism, as Mike Breen used to say all the time, coming from behind for blocks. And we saw a lot of that against the Suns, but he had like two in the first half. And then it was also an interception on an inbounds pass that he had Uh, in that first quarter hit a corner three early on when he first came into the game. And then a nice bounce pass to Kawhi Leonard on the break. So some solid stuff from Russ there Um, defensively. He was, he was good. He had a couple of mishaps, same with, But same with Paul George, same with Terrence Mann. When I say mishaps, I just mean like, you know, got scored on. It could have done a better job getting over the screen. But overall, they were all pretty good defensively, those guys. Norman Powell was really the only one in the first half that just w- didn't have it going in terms of playing well, in my opinion. Because Harden didn't necessarily shoot well, but he was still making things happen. Paul George wasn't shooting well because he got into foul trouble with that second foul in the first quarter. But... He still played good defense, help defense, really active hands in the passing lanes, not many miscommunications, much sharper. Two straight games, much sharper from PG, really two and a half straight games because that second half against Golden State, he brought it. And you knew you knew that without Larry marketing it just wasn't going to be as tough of a task to stop the trash. And in the second quarter, the Clippers outscored them 27-20. to But Kawhi just continued to cook. Zubats continued to cook. It was really good stuff overall from those guys. Halftime, the Clippers led it 59-46. The only thing that was really keeping the trash in the game were turnovers by the Clips. You know, just being a little sloppy with the ball. Nobody in particular, just everybody in general. And Don McClain at halftime said the right thing. He said, if we just... You know, clamped down a little bit defensively. We're playing good defense, but if we could take it up a notch, especially just given that they're shorthanded, we can take them out. And you know what? It wasn't really smooth in the third quarter. It was actually a tie game in the not a tie game, but it was evil even in the third. 29 to 29. And it was Jordan Clarkson, a little bit of Keontae George, and not Jordan Clarkson, really. He was actually two for nine. I thought Terrence and Kawhi and Paul did a really good job on him. And, of course, Zubots contesting at the rim. He only had six points on two for nine shooting. This is a guy who had a fall-away three to beat us last time. And remember, we did not have Terrence Mann against the Jazz in that first game. A little bit of Kelly Olynyk, Keontae George, and really Colin Sexton. Uh, he, he and Taylor Horton Tucker, they were doing a pretty good job getting to the rim and putting some pressure on our defense. And in the third quarter, you started to see a lot of success with the Jazz going at James Harden. And they got two straight, really good possessions, putting him in the pick and roll. And we were conceding the switch, and they got some good stuff. On the final one, right, like right before Harden went out of the game, Kawhi had an amazing rotation and took a charge. Just how hard this guy is working right now. I am so impressed. My only fear is, can he keep it up for the duration of the season? That's one of the reasons why I was anti-trade is like, we're putting more onus on him defensively, which is great. And I've always said that Kawhi being more involved defensively actually makes him better offensively. But can he do it for the course of a, throughout the course of a season and in the playoffs? That remains to be seen. One thing that's good is Harden and Russ will take away from him offensively responsibility-wise, which will ease his load a bit. But, it, you know, it depends. He's playing more than ever before. He's defending harder, and we're still going to ask him to close. Tonight, what I really loved is that he was super aggressive. And even in the, like, in the fourth quarter, there was, there was one possession. He caught the ball on the left side of the court in the mid post or, like, in the, on the low block. And Paul George and Terrence Mann were wide open, and he didn't pass on the ball. And, that sh- and he looked at him, and that showed me he wanted to shoot. And I haven't seen that selfishness from Kawhi so far this season. And I actually liked it because it gave me the vibe that like he was like I'm trying to drop 40 tonight, and he did. By the way, only for the eighth time in his career. That's wild to me, because he scores 30 in his sleep when he's healthy. Eight times is that correct? Could that be? Could that be possibly true? If any mods are in here, can I get a fact check on that? Is that really true? He's only scored eight points playoffs and regular season combined. It was amazing though. Just a really great performance by him thought Harden was making some good passes. And I'll tell you what, though. The Jazz made a little bit of a push. They did. And there were a couple big plays that silenced the crowd. The first one, they cut it down to, I believe it was, I want to say, 8 or 12. James Harden hit a big right wing three. And then he had a nice lob pass, which he's done a lot of good ones. He's made a lot of good lob passes since he's come. Whenever, by the way, young hoopers, if you're listening, whenever you see a guy face-guarding one of your teammates, just know they don't see your pass. So you can throw it over the top. I always do. James Harden's really good at that. Paul George got an and-one. And PG, I thought he did a good job of not letting his foul trouble and lack of shot attempts because he was one for three at one point, and it just felt like he was not getting many shots. I'm going to take a look right now how many shots he got in the first half because it did not feel like very much. Let's see. Paul George first... Quarter, shot two shots. He was one for two. Second quarter, only shot two shots. So he was one for four at halftime. And he did a good job of staying engaged, continuing to play good defense. And he was more aggressive in the second half. Felt like we ran more plays for him to catch the ball at the elbow, mid-post areas. He wasn't forcing it. And I thought he was really good. Fourth quarter, by the way, so yeah, broke even in the third, 29-29. So we had a 13-point lead going into the fourth. And I'll tell you what, the Jazz didn't let up. They they stayed in it. Colin Sexton had a little bit of a push. And a very questionable uh, decision was made by Ty Lue. And that was to keep Westbrook and Harden on the floor together. Because Westbrook was playing pretty well. So you kept them on the floor together because you wanted Harden back in the game. And we are shorthanded without Tice. We got a couple of minutes of that, and it was part of when they were making their run. It wasn't great. I don't think it was completely directly caused by just them two being on the floor together, but it definitely isn't great. And so then we put in what we seem to be considering our death lineup now, and that's the Kawhi, Paul, Harden, Zoo, and Norm. They have a really great net rating so far. My only concern is defensively, in certain moments, Norman Harden, that's two guys that could potentially get targeted. And I will say, I think Harden stepped up his defense in the fourth a bit. Not to say that they weren't getting good looks putting Harden in the pick and roll, but he was trying a little bit harder. Third quarter, he got a little lazy. Kawhi and Paul, though, they didn't get lazy. They were amazing throughout the game defensively. Uh, Kawhi and Paul had some big plays late, including some big steals. And Zubats, I mean, the amount of shots he deterred was unbelievable. Kobe Brown, I also thought he made some really great plays. There was one play where he attacked a closeout, dropped it off to Zoo, had a really nice rotation in the first half where he and Westbrook had a little two blocks at once kind of action. I thought Kobe played a very high IQ game in this one, and he's starting to look more comfortable. Even though he only had one point, three rebounds, one assist, and a block, 0 for 2 from the field in 14 minutes, I thought he was good. Even though he was a minus 7, I actually thought he was good. Maybe maybe uh, people disagree, but I liked his performance. Kawhi Leonard, he put the game to bed. One-legged three to beat the shot clock. That's when I knew that was the dagger. And Paul George hit a three shortly after. Kawhi with a great cross-court skip. And I'll tell you one thing that Kawhi was doing really well tonight. Coming off screens... A fake pass, a little Chris Paul action, hit him with a little in and out and froze the big man, made him take a step back thinking he was going to throw the pass to the roller and Kawhi got a couple of dunks off of it. So look for him to use that move more in the future because I don't remember him doing much of that and he has issues creating you know, separation when he's coming off screens or turning the corner. So... Big-time performance, in my opinion, the best game of the season for Kawhi. The Clippers win it pretty comfortably in the end, even though it was 93-99 at one point. Norman Powell made a big three, and it was making me a little nervous because he wasn't playing that well, but he hit a big three. Clippers win it 117-103. to That's three wins in a row. They're 4-7 and seven on the road, 11-10 on the year now. Kawhi and Paul haven't missed a game. The super team is starting to look super with Westbrook on the bench 8-3. With the new starting lineup. So pretty good. Treading in the right direction. Um, Even though it's it's been such a weird experience as a fan. I can't lie. Two things I hated. James Harden and super teams. We got them both. And anybody that's trying to act like we're not a super team. I cannot stand that. Because we are. Anytime you have a conversation of there's only one ball. All these stars playing together. That is a super team. Especially when the initial definition was team collusion. Kawhi recruited Paul George. They both recruited Russ, and they all signed off on Harden. It's a super team by any metric. The only way you can argue it's not if you don't think Harden's a star player anymore, which he's absolutely a star caliber player. He might not make the All Star team. I doubt we'll have three All Stars, but listen, show. You know, my eyes tell me that Harden's still that still a star caliber player, and Westbrook. Not in this role, but I I still believe. Even though I didn't think he was going to make an All Star team ever again, I still believe he could be an All Star caliber player on a lot of nights, have an All Star impact on a lot of nights when he's starting and maximized. But that unfortunately isn't really happening anymore. And I do feel for the guy. You know, that's a big conversation for the Russ stands. They like a lot of them want him to be traded and whatnot. I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna give the fanboys attention, even though a lot of them support me. I'm gonna just say this: This is Westbrook's best chance to win a title since 2016. And I really give him credit for buying into this role because you need these kind of sacrifices to win. And it's not like he's not been good in this role. He's actually still making a positive impact. I just don't know how long he can stay happy with this. But if he is, more power to him. And he'll absolutely gain brownie points in my book if he if, if he wins a ring in this role. People are like, it's not going to matter if he wins a ring in this role. That's you being a loser. I'm sorry. But anyway, let's read the lines for this one. We don't read the Utah trash stat lines because they're just worthless. 20 points for John Collins. I'll do my, you know, I've been saying that I want to do a comprehensive grading every team through the first quarter of the season kind of thing. So I'll do that. So I'll talk about the trash then. John Collins, I've not been too impressed with him. Uh, I gave him the benefit of the doubt in Atlanta. And, I mean, 14 points, 8 rebounds on this garbage team. Although his shooting stats are pretty good. 39.5% from three? I don't know. I'm just not impressed when I watch him play. I'm not moved on a bad team. Let's read the lines for the for the good guys. I already read Kobe Browns. Russell Westbrook only played 17 minutes. So just a lot of games under 20 minutes, which is it's just tough to look at. But 5 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. Only thing I didn't like was three turnovers. He led the team in that category. Two for seven from the field, one for two from three. So I like him keeping the attempts low, no free throw attempts. But I thought he had an overall solid performance. Norm Powell played twenty eight minutes. He was off shooting the ball, but he, you know, he, he, his, his catch to chuck ratio is insane. I mean, he just doesn't look to pass at all. But I like that he doesn't take too long on the ball, which is good, which makes he makes him not too annoying to play with and watch. Um, at least I think he doesn't. This is not annoying to play with him because of that. 10 points for him. Nice to see him in double figures. Six Clippers in double figures, the starters plus Norm. Four for 11 from the field. Two for eight from three. His three ball wasn't falling. But let me just say this James Harden, two for six from three. Norm, two for eight from three. If there's a game that you don't want the threes to fall, it's this one that we still win by 14 points. So hopefully, next game against Portland on Monday, when I'll, where I'll, be, when I'll be there, he'll have it going. Now the starters. Terrence Mann, 30 minutes played. I thought it was one of his better games this season. Doing it on both ends of the floor. 10 points, 4 rebounds. He had an offensive rebound that led to an assist. He had a steal. He had a block. 2 turnovers. He was a plus 17 in 30 minutes. 4 for 9 from the field and 2 for 5 from 3. He's that man. He's our man. He's a homegrown guy. And the haters can suck it. How about Plummer Jim tonight? 12, almost a triple-double, 12 points, 7 boards. I didn't notice the rebounds really at all. <laughs> 8 assists, I noticed those. 1 block, 2 turnovers, 4 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. I'll take that. 2 for 8 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3, 6 for 7 from the line. And listen to this. James Harden has now hit more threes than Reggie Miller. That's crazy. I know it's a three-point era. It's a totally different time now. He's encouraged to take them. But more than Reggie Miller, James Harden, third most ever. That's crazy. That's really crazy. And by the way, they said he's like almost double the second place guy, which is Steph Curry, in fouls on three-point attempts. And it's no secret why. The motherfucker flings his legs out. He leaps forward. Look, I know you take a natural step forward when you shoot threes. I do as well. Everybody does jumpers. But not as far as he does. He notices when defenders are lunging in. And he throws his feet and he falls. I give him credit. It's a skill, but I don't like it. And I hope in the playoffs it doesn't come back to bite him like it always does. But anyway, good performance overall for me from James, even with the inefficient shooting. And then Zushak. For me, if it wasn't for Kawhi being amazing, it was his, he was the player of the game. 18 points, 12 boards, 5 of those offensive, 3 assists, 2 blocks, only 1 turnover. He was a plus 13, and he made Walker Kessler his, I don't want to say, actually no, Walker Kessler's stat line was actually pretty good. Again, we don't read trash stat lines, so (laughs) Mazzu, 9 for 15 from the field, 60%, no free throw attempts, but he was stellar. And then we had Paul George. 20 points. So overall, he still had 20. 8 for 13. I'll take that. You have Kawhi with the most shot attempts. Zoo shot more than PG. It's okay, though. I'll take it because you know what that means? High percentage shots. But 13 shots from PG is perfectly fine. And you know it would have been higher had he not gotten in foul trouble. He still played 37 minutes, though, which is a lot. 20 points, 3 boards, 2 assists, 6 steals, and a block for PG-13. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You love to see that. 6 steals. Only one turnover. He was a plus 14. Our whole starting lineup was in the plus, just adding to that net rating. And then Mr. Lennett, the, man of the the man of the hour, 41 points. His season high. Yes, sir. He's coming. He's coming. Five rebounds, five assists, and a block two turnovers he did it on both ends he shot 20 plus shots yes sir 14 for 23 six for eight from three seven for seven from the line in 38 minutes that's a lot of minutes Zubat's played 42 minutes that's also a lot of minutes but of course Tice was out Mr. Leonard gotta love it that's it for me tonight guys actually no it's not now we're gonna get into the Lakers Pacers in-season tournament championship all right, so briefly, let's talk about the Laker girls. No, the Lakers against the Pacers, or the Lakers against the Pelicans, really, the game that they won. I did a YouTube short on it. By the way, if my voice just started sounding like Mickey Mouse on the audio version, I don't know why that happens, but honestly, I think it's hilarious. So it happens for a little bit and then it makes my voice normal again. Lakers absolutely smoked New Orleans last night. It was bad. It was a lack of effort from the Pelicans, but they just got shell shocked. And there was a lot of talk and rightfully so, about Zion and his weight. Out of shape? People are saying behind the scenes he doesn't put in enough work to get his body right, doesn't diet right? This is one of the most hyped-up picks in NBA history. He's a very good player. Through three seasons, no, four seasons, he had a rookie year where he basically didn't play at all. He had a second year where he was an all-star player and they didn't even make the play-in. Then he basically didn't play at all in 2022. Actually, you no, know, was, that, was that the season he started out really good? Last season, I feel like it was the one he started out really good. Like, I just, he does He's not available. He's not available. And then I think 2022 he like didn't even play really. And this season he's looked pretty good, but his defense is horrendous. And offensively, he cannot shoot mid-ranges. He can't shoot at all. He has like an eight-footer he takes sometimes that looks good, but it's not consistent enough. He's not comfortable taking it enough. And the strategy was they put LeBron on him. And LeBron LeBron did a really good job anticipating when he would try to leap left or go into him and took a couple of nice charges. And I thought LeBron was insane. Like, I'm not going to lie, y'all. You know I watch basically every Laker game. I've said that I don't think LeBron's been the same since Solomon Hill injury. But he's looked like, and this I'm saying better than last year before he got the foot injury. Better than 2022. This is the best I've seen him look since that Solomon Hill, pre-Solomon Hill injury. He was moving so fast with the ball in a straight line. I was like, this was the L train, like, back in Cleveland. Like, I was like, what is happening here? He's playing with the fire. Like, he wants this in-season tournament so bad. I don't know why, but he wants it so bad. And he was doing it defensively. That's the thing. Before the Russ trade last year, he wasn't doing shit defensively. The Russ year, he didn't do nothing defensively. He was very inconsistent. He's been better this year. Part of it's because he trusts the offense more. But the way he was moving, I mean, of course, some games he's going to hit that three. And so far this season, he's been lights out from three. But I think that number will drop a bit. I think it'll be closer to, you know, 2022, 20, like 35, 36, 37 percent, not 32 percent like it was last year. But his efficiency so far this year, his defense most more often than not has been good. And he's been closing really well. Just the pace he was moving at was crazy, and and Vanderbilt Rui Hachimura, you're now starting to see the vision for the Lakers defensively. They look long, they look big, they're swarming, and the Pelicans had nothing. And I was really disappointed in their effort. AD was a, a presence. He's you know in defensive player of the year candidacy in my opinion. Vanderbilt, I mean, there's positions where the guy's guarding everybody at once, and now Austin Reeves and D'Lo are starting to get in on the act. As far as the Pacers, though. Tyrese Halliburton, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I said it before. I'm going to be talking about the, what's it called? Every team grading them through 25 games or like through the first quarter of the season. But Tyrese Halliburton is becoming a superstar right in front of us. If anybody remembers, I said I, my first season doing this, my first full season doing this, that Halliburton was my favorite rookie because he said that Magic Johnson was one of his favorite players. His dad showed him old school tape. And he had a shot that resembles magic. I was very impressed. Second season, you know, he was still playing well, but the fit with Fox wasn't great. They make the trade, and I still stand by this. In my opinion, one of the most win-win trades in the history of basketball. People are saying, oh no, Halliburton's so much better than Sabonis. The Kings made a huge mistake. Halliburton is a lot better than Sabonis. But that's bullshit because he's not a better fit next to Fox. Fox had a regression season in 2022. The Kings made the playoffs and were one game away from going to the second round for the first time since, I believe, 2005. No, two thousand. I think it was 2003, maybe. That's massive. And then Tyrese got their guy. So, I mean, the Pacers got their guy with Tyrese. It was a win-win. A big and a guard is a better duo than a point guard and a point guard. I'm sorry, but Halliburton... His three-pointer has come so far. I mean, the guy is pulling from 30 off the bounce. Like, you can't go under the screen. You can't give him that much space. He's got that step back. He's taking over games. He's creating good shots every time down. It's like a faster-paced version of that Mavericks team a couple years ago that Carlisle coached where he had a stretch big in Porzingis and ran high pick and roll with Halliburton over and over with Luka. It's that same shit. And they have a younger, more athletic team than that Dallas team, even though Halliburton's not as good as Luka. But, man, and even his ISO package. Like, he had Lopez switched on to him late. I know Lopez isn't exactly your switch everything big. And he just blew by, man. It was like his crossover. I'm so impressed with Halliburton, man. He is a superstar in front of our eyes. And by the end of the year, I might just say he's better than Trey Young and John Morantz. I might just. SGA, I don't know. But he's trending in that direction. His passing is unbelievable, and he's so low turnover. I love him. He's one of my favorite players in the league right now. My only thing with him is everyone says his weakness is creating separation isolation-wise. He's not the quick. He's not super shifty, and he needs to usually come to a full stop to shoot a jump shot, feet set. But, man, right now I'm just enjoying the show. I had the Pacers as my 10th seed before the season. I think Brooklyn 9, Orlando 8. The Orlando pick is looking pretty good. I honestly sold them a little bit short, but I think they both I don't think the Pacers will be in the playoff. I think they'll be in the play in and they'll have to fight to be in the playoff. But Orlando might make the top six. They're looking like they're could be better than the Knicks. It's too early for me to tell though. And speaking of too early, and who's surprising me, Minnesota. I've not talked about them once because the Clippers and Lakers haven't played them. But don't worry, I'll be talking about them soon. In-season tournament championship. I think this event, actually, even though I fucking hate Adam Silver, it's been a good event. I think it's just added a couple more exciting games in the, you know, part of the season that starts slowing down from an excitement perspective. I think it's fitting that the Lakers win the first one and LeBron wins. I think it's, like, not set up for them in a rigged way, but it's like a storybook's ending for them to win the first one. Any any gimmicky tournament that Adam Silver pulls off, that's LeBron's thing to win. <laughs> I'm joking. Half joking. But... Anyway, yeah, big win for the Lakers. I got the Lakers winning the final because they got the best players, the two best players, in my opinion, AD and Braun. I'm taking great, good defense over just high scoring teams all the time. And it's experience. You know, it's going to be a high stakes game just because of the hype around it. The NBA is trying so hard to milk this shit like a cow. And they've successfully done it by scheduling no other games on these days. By the way, I didn't like how. The tickets were separate for each game. It should be one ticket that grants you entry to both games so you don't have to clear the arena. You shouldn't have a game. If you want something to be viewed by a lot of people, you shouldn't have it at 2 o'clock Pacific time, local time when you're holding the game in Vegas. That's just stupid to me. But anyway, that's it for me in this one. A couple of things before I sign off. Shohei Ohtani. This is a huge deal right now. I haven't seen this kind of free agency saga in a sport since Kawhi. Shohei. Let me tell you something, partner. You were already in Southern California. There's a place just a couple miles away that the great Tommy Lasorda called Blue Heaven on Earth. The Magic Castle. The highest attendance in the league every single season. A rocking crowd most nights in an 81-game home regular season schedule. One of the most historic franchises in American sports. The most eyeballs you can have and a consistent chance to win a World Series. And you want to consider going to freezing, cold Toronto, Canada where they just had one of the ugliest fields in baseball up until a couple of seasons ago. Their mascot is a pájaro, Shohei. The show is here, baby. LA. Los Angeles. Made for stars. Just like you. And I'll tell you what, with a year off, nothing against Toronto, the six seems like a great city. But you're gonna have a year off of baseball? No better place to stay entertained than Los Angeles. You can stay in your Newport Beach home too. It's convenient. No different cable. No new phone. Simples. And you have a chance to win. The whole thing. And break this little choker narrative. It's not a narrative. It's the truth. We've been choking lately. Come on, Shohei. Please. And by the way, my boys at Dodger Nation, they put out the story today. I forget his name. J.P. Holstra or whatever his name was. I think I hope I'm saying that right. Breaking the news that he's already agreed to go to Toronto. Their credibility is really on the line here. I really hope he's right because I like my boy D-Mac. Doug McCain. Does the Dodgers post game and uh, locked on Rams. I really hope he's right because that he's going to Toronto because it's going to be a bad look if he doesn't. Let's go, Dodgers. And also, you know what's funny? I'm talking about the Lakers and the Clippers so much. They may not even be the best team in the city right now. The Kings are playing amazing. Amazing. Dun, dun, dun. Go, Kings, go. Dun, dun, dun. Go, Kings, go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time to be an L.A. sports fan. The Rams are 500. We're kind of in that wild card mix. Los Angeles. Como estas? Good night, everybody. Now to the live subscribers Wait, waiting patiently in the chat. Super chat to turn on if you want to jump a dollar a Peace and have a great night.